Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east. Hello, welcome to Ukraine Plus Football. It was back in the summer of 2020 when Bogdan Andrew reported in Tribuna that Everton were first showing interest in our dear young Ukrainian left-back, Vitaly Mikolenko. He did mention there was a lot of interest in Italy, from Italy as well at the time. Prices were quoted at around 15 million euros. But here we are, 18 months on, and we stand on the cusp of an absolutely incredible transfer from Dynamo Kiev to Everton. The first transfer in four years at this level from the club with Vitaly Mikolenko moving across to the, the EPL. And we're here to take a deep dive for Everton fans, for EPL fans, for people who don't know as much about Vitaly Mikolenko as we do ourselves, to be perfectly honest. As always, I'm here with my two excellent co-hosts, Andrew, Ray. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi. Looking forward to this one. Trying to explain to people what McCollinco will be bringing to the Merseyside. We've been keeping track of, of him. That's why we are the ones to tell you. Certainly. I mean, Andrew, where are we right now with the transfer? So there's been lots of news over the past week and a half or so when it first broke. As you mentioned, there's been talk of it for the past 18 months here and there. But it's finally 100% done, according to Fabrizio Romano and a few of the sources that I've got close to Dynamo Kiev and in the Ukrainian media are also confirming that it's 100% done, just awaiting the official confirmation from Everton Football Club um, that the transfer has been made. And obviously, we don't 100% know when that's going to happen. It can be before the uh, January window opens. But I feel the fact that that McCollinko's returned to Ukraine for the time being, I think maybe until at least after New Year's, it probably won't be done until he returns when they can do the proper promo videos and all that kind of thing for the amount of money they've paid for him. I feel that it's probably going to be big enough of an unveiling reveal and all that kind of stuff, which gives us plenty of time to discuss what he can bring, what he can work on, and everything else that revolves around Vitaly Mikolenko. You know, most people out there wondering what sort of defender he is. And from some of the early news snippets, a lot of Everton supporters in particular have expressed their concern about Lucas Dean being such a key player over the last four years at the club. And what Mikolenka will bring over him. Now, I am a bit of a stats nerd, so I do spend a lot of time flicking through data. And Mikolenko is a different type of left-back compared to Dean. He started as a central defender. That's one of the first things that we have to remember about him. He learned his trade in the heart of defence before his attacking skills. And it was his attacking skills that pushed him out 
to the fullback position. For example, like this year in, uh, in terms of progressive passes going into the final third, he averages almost six a game in 90 minutes. If we look at Dinya, for example, it's 3.5, which it's a huge drop-off. Okay, Dinya puts in more crosses. Now, I don't watch EPL as much, but as I know Ray will mention, as he was mentioning off-air, Mikolenko for Dynamo Kiev plays with a winger in front of him. He always has a wide player in front of him, so there's no need for him to be that far down the field, putting in the crosses as often. So, yeah, it's understandable the numbers drop off there. He likes to get forward. He's had three assists this season in the league. None for the national team, of course, but there at the national team, he tends to play more in a central three, whereas in Dynamo with their back four, he plays at the left-back position. I mean, Ray, that's kind of a brief overview of where he is as a player. What's he like as a character? Well, Vitami Kalenko is a young lad who had a breakthrough in his career quite early on. Uh, that's uh, not something you would uh, expect from a Ukrainian left back, but here we are. His modest and, I would say, kind personality helped him in, in this. But after all, uh, when he played uh, a good season in Ukrainian national team and Dynamo Kiev in 1920, before COVID, he was uh, a star to shine. But after that, uh, it felt like he hit a ceiling and, it, uh, and you could tell by his uh, appearance in uh, games and off of the pitch that uh, he he might be in a need of working on his morale and that's why his uh, mental conditions were a question before important matches because sometimes on the pitch he would uh, have a rant on his uh, like on coaches or on uh, his teammates but that was only uh, for a few uh, times in uh, 2021 season. On Euro 20, uh, 2020, though, he dropped out of the national team squad before uh, making a huge comeback with England, um, having a successful game, and that certainly added a couple of mil to his uh, transfer price. Overall, he's quite shy uh, fella, uh, so we wouldn't expect him to appear on tablets or anything like that after his possible arrival in Everton. So I don't think he speaks that good English. That's why it's uh, important for him to settle in. But yet again, uh, you will know that Ukrainian players often get homesick and uh, they need comfort around them. You know, like Alex Ferguson said about Juan Sebastian Veron, that they're huge patriots and they need an Argentinian flag to be waving around Old Trafford all the time. It's not the case with Ukrainians because they need the comfort of life and that's why Ukrainian players are not keen on moving abroad because they love everything in Ukraine and it's, they hit the ceiling and they cannot compensate it with anything. And that's just, they just drop. And Vikolenko had a chance now to go abroad and show himself in the strongest league in the world. And uh, we can, we, all we can do is recall the last prospect of uh, Ukrainian football in EPL and in Liverpool in particular, who was Andrei Voronin 10, uh, 10, 12 years ago under Rafa Benitez in Liverpool. Great start after his uh, good start in Anfield, but after that he dropped out, Torres, Dirk out. And apart from that, off the pitch, he was criticised a lot. I mean, you remember those stories, but uh, and he left. And eventually, he couldn't cope with all the pressure and the um, uh, rivals in the squad. That's why Mikolenko plays different position, of course. 
but he should be uh, full alert because all he has now is his football strength and uh, his confidence which he cannot be afford to lose and we know how precious and how tense the atmosphere of the pitch first of all which is crucial and could be English Premier League so I feel we definitely need to caveat the fact that some of those stats that Adam mentioned earlier and some of the things that I'm going to be talking about in a minute it is being played in the UPL the Ukrainian Premier League is evidently a number of levels lower than the English Premier League so some of these things have to be taken with a pinch of salt if we want to summarize the UPL playing style, especially as McCollinco plays for Dynamo Cave, he's playing against a lot of parked buses many a times. And he needs to either, you know, play on the front foot. They won't be playing much on the counter too much. And he, he with his um, adjacent winger, will be trying to work out how to break down the opposition defense and create chances for his teammates. Evidently, there's a lot less pressure in Ukraine as well on the ball for him, like pressing, the intensity is a lot lower. So I feel that if we're going to talk about his actual strengths that maybe that can work to his benefit that he can bring from Ukraine is that he's evidently versatile. He can play up and down that uh, left wing. He can play on the overlap if needed. Um, he's got a lot of pace to make sure that he can come back and recover, make those interceptions and tackles and relatively solid on clearances as well. The only sort of maybe negative that comes from all of that, as Maze Ray's already mentioned, is that sometimes decision making doesn't always come off on him. And that may have an impact to do with, you know, morale, as we've already spoken about, or just in general, you know, a lapse in concentration, which at his current age, 22, I think he can be helped with, um, especially with someone as experienced as Rafa, who's um, worked with a number of young prospects in the past. I think that he'll be quite a father figure to him and help him out in that respect. 100% certain, despite the fact that evidently at the moment Everton are in quite a tense position in the league. Rafa might be under pressure himself. I still feel that um, given the circumstances, Mikolan should be able to thrive in his new environment due to the fact that he is still young. There's a lot of room for development there. Ray also mentioned a bit about his language. That I think might take a bit of time. Personally, uh, there was an interview that he did about three or four months ago where he said that learning English was relatively difficult for him. But I feel that now that he's actually been thrust into having to go to England, live in England, that will come a lot more naturally and he'll be sort of forced to do that. And, you know, even compared to the likes of Voronin, who came relatively late, I think, in his career, like 27 plus current age, McConnell's got plenty of time to build on himself, build rapport with his teammates as well. And I think he's got every sort of possibility to be a successful player, despite the current circumstances that Rafa might be having um, issues with Dean, who's obviously on the way out, as it seems. And the fact that maybe the team's not playing to the best of their ability at the moment. And just to sort of maybe wrap this segment up quickly... I wouldn't be too quick to hope that uh, Vitaly McConnell hits the ground running straight away because evidently we've mentioned, yes, he's played in the UPL, which has got lower intensity. He might need a bit of a few games to get up to speed um, with the with the EPL. Got a lot of pace and he's got, I think, the physical conditions to keep up with that. 
especially as a fullback, compared to maybe a centre-back where he probably isn't the physical size to maybe deal with that in the Premier League. Just to come back, the last point you made there, I'm, I've heard the phrase deceptively strong banded around when it comes to Mikolenko. Would you agree with that? I mean, I was quite surprised when I look back at his early career that he started as a centre-back because he really doesn't look like one. And I wouldn't want Evertonians to look at him and think, hang on a second, what have we got here? It's because he's a blooming good tackler. He really is. Don't you think, Andrew? His, his defensive capabilities are strong. <laughs> Definitely got a bit of, t- of things to work on, though, like we mentioned decision-making mm. and maybe sometimes timing of those. But as a whole, you know, he gets stuck in and I think he can can do that. And I feel as a centre-back, he is more, more prone to be playing in a three, which gives him a bit more space and time uh, rather than in a two, which I think facial awareness and that kind of thing might come into question. Current stage, I don't think that Rafa is counting on him to be a centre-back. So hopefully all that talk uh, shifts away for the time being. Now, Ray, just to come back to you there, you mentioned a little bit about his character and in particular how he bounced back from the difficult Euros. Do you think, you know, we, we also need to mention what happened here in the Finland game? where decision-making wasn't the greatest and he suffered almost a double punishment there of giving away the penalty, which led to the equaliser and the red card and sort of the iconic photo that was took by uh, Mikola Vasilkov with his head in his hands distraught. Do you think having for him, having been through those experiences, it will help him sort of adapt better than our good friend Mr Varin? did 10 years ago. Certainly hope so, Adam. Uh, the question is, uh, as, as Andrew already mentioned, uh, the other guys from Ukraine joined the stronger leagues quite late. Uh, Konoplyanka, Yermolenko, uh, Voronin again. Shevchenko joined EPL in 30 years old. <laughs> and now we have the guy who's right in the middle between Zinchenko and Yermolenko because uh, Mikolenko is 22 and Zinchenko joined Manchester City, I think, when he was 19, before going on loan to uh, PSV Eindhoven. And uh, Zinchenko suffered, <laughs> well, it worked out best for him, but uh, he had to suffer a uh, crucial position change. He was a uh, attacking midfielder, and now he's a left back, as we all know. And that was Guardiola's vision. And uh, Zinchenko was lucky to be devoted to that vision, uh, completely committed after uh, you know having some harsh years of playing in Moscow and Russia and he earned this uh, career what he has now. In terms of Mikolenko, he was in comfort all these years. He was a Dynamo Kiev, a left back, he had decent wage and he lived in the capital and he played in the national team and he uh, could uh, afford himself to stop Ronaldo and the next year after COVID he would just have a deep drop in his performances but still he came back and that's the difference right there whether he would consider himself uh, uh, know, a know-it-all in football after such conditions in Ukraine unlike Zinchenko who had to fight his way through uh, or he would uh, trust the manager and rely on only on himself and uh, uh, prosper yeah I feel that just to maybe come back to that point there has been a stagnation in 2021 we have to be honest about that. What that's down to, we, we're not 100% certain. I don't think anyone really is. I feel that the general consensus, though, that we can make is that 
maybe the level of the UPL for McCollum Court has got maybe a bit too easy, a bit more comfortable. Like I said, there's a lot of, you know, playing against 10 men behind the ball. Dinamo won the Premier League and there's not that much motivation as a whole for him as a young player to continue at the highest level for, for Dinamo. He has played in the UCL in two seasons in a row. He's played against top-level opposition, Barcelona, Bayern, Juventus, amongst others. And he's got lots of uh, Europa League experience too. So he can definitely use that in, and transfer that into the Premier League. But I just feel that it shouldn't be taken for granted that, yes, he hasn't had the best 2021, but I feel that this move will be very positive for him and it should help him, you know, return to the level that we all know that he is capable of and push him on to the next one. And especially not just help Everton, but also help Ukraine national team going forward as well. Ray, can you help us out a little bit here? If there are any Everton officials listening to this, there may be, we don't know. Is, is there anything that they can do to help Mikolenko settle into life on Merseyside? Is there, does he have any little... Tr- traits any little hobbies that he likes that he's renowned for what would you recommend yeah i think i would uh, i would recommend the Everton officials to find a, uh, a few ponds for him for fishing and uh you know maybe a map would help like uh somewhere around mercy sites rivers lakes any good season for fishing is good enough for mikolenko so yeah at first that would help but then I, I'm sure he would adapt. What sort of character can can the fans sort of expect? Is he overly expressive? Does he engage much with the supporters in the UPL? Or will he engage with them over there once he gets a handle on the language? That's another question. Uh, to start with, none of the major Ukrainian players in our league uh, have a TikTok. Hence, they don't ha- have that much of engagement nor with the, from the club side, nor with the um, after-match performances. I mean, uh, there's no tradition to like uh, exchange jerseys and have a deep talk with uh, uh, active fans or just simply, you know, uh, meet someone in the city, in, in Kiev, and uh, shake hands or take a photo because they live in different places and that's why there's no such commitment to the community of the fans in Ukraine which is surely not the case in Liverpool. And uh, that would be a huge gap to bridge. But I'm just going to add to that. Zinchenko and Yarmolenko, when they first joined the EPL, I think they were relatively similar. Coming from either Ukraine, uh, Zinchenko was in Russia and then he was in Ukraine before that. There isn't much media training for Ukrainian players. And I feel that once he does move to Everton especially across all of the Premier League clubs, they will boost him up to that level where he will be a lot more open, he'll be a lot more confident speaking with fans, with the media, in interviews, having jokes and all that kind of thing. And I think give him give him six months to settle in and he'll certainly be very engaging with whoever he needs to be. And this comes back to the crux of it for me. You know, if we're talking about what can Everton expect it's this six months now. 17 million with add-ons, I believe, is the, the agreed price. And we're talking now about a guy coming in to a club that apparently doesn't have a big budget. Uh, he's replacing one of their star players. Is he going to get that six months? And, you know, 
do we really need to put the pitch in now to say, give him those six months, give him to the summer, and you will have a fantastic left back. If you come in and expect him to hit the ground running, what can they expect then? Certainly patience, I feel, is definitely the, the, the thing that we'd ask for here. He, he will perform. That it, there's no doubt about it. The guy's got talent, he's got ability, uh, just how quickly he can adapt to the new conditions that he's got. And evidently, with the pressures that the club currently find themselves in, the kind of situation in the table, um, if it somehow ends up going into a relegation battle, which I personally don't see, at, at this moment mm-hmm. in time but you know if it does it, it could get a bit difficult but in general I'm looking at this very positively um, it's a big boost for Ukrainian football to see another player go to the EPL and at this current age which is a rarity as Ray's already mentioned for someone to go quite young from Ukraine I think it's got every chance of being a success compared to players who end up leaving very late as Everton fans well and truly, no. Yarmolenko was so close to moving to Everton for about five seasons in a row. It didn't happen. And yeah, we, we've seen the results of that, sadly, <laughs> in the club career side of things. I would look forward to seeing what Mikolenko can bring to your club because I think it's, it's going to be a good one. And you mentioned Yarmolenko there and the, the business dealings that went on at that time. Do you think Everton overpaid for Mikolenko? Oof. I, I feel in the grand scheme of things, if this valuation was maybe done a year ago before this sort of plateau that we spoke about, I wouldn't be too surprised. I understand that now it's probably gone up from 13, 15 million, up a couple million, probably because he played in the Euros. Wasn't too amazing in most of the matches, but shone in that England game that Ukraine lost 4-0 in. But I'm, I am sure that the reason that Dinamo are very happy to let him go is because the price has been met to their valuation. And as we know, it's relatively hard to meet those standards. Maybe it's just on the basis that Everton are relatively desperate for a left back. I know that they have been following the Kolenkov for a number of months. So it's not like something completely out of the blue. But the fact that this um, situation with Dean is critical... They've had to pay what they need to get. And on the basis, they've got a player who's six, seven years younger. So it's going to be the potential, really. We'll see. If the price is right, then, yeah, six months is the time. really is. I think when I first heard the price, I did giggle a little bit. But then when I heard the sort of prices being quoted for Dean and the fact that they're probably going to double their money on him, it's probably a good deal. And... Yeah, I do agree with you there, Andrew. It would take something for Everton to fall into a relegation battle. I think if the fans can go, you know, accept him with that mindset and give him the six months, they will have a great player. But moving from the UPL to the EPL will take time for him to adapt. And it's just about giving him that and giving him the opportunity to make a couple of mistakes in less critical situations so we can learn from them. On the whole, McCollinco's name is not hard to pronounce. People can pronounce it really how, how they like. It's not anything in particularly Bane or anything like that that maybe some other Ukrainian words are. Just enjoy him is all I can say. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't let us down and he doesn't let you guys down. It doesn't let Ukraine down, but that's just taking it to a different extreme. And looking forward to to following Everton a lot more closely than I have done in the past few years. Definitely so. This guy definitely not going to become another Mkhitaryan in terms of surname. 
So yeah, should be should be fun to watch uh, three Ukrainian prospects in EPL. Definitely so. Well, for those of you at home, hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've enjoyed putting it together. Uh, it's our last one for 2021. We'll see you in 2022 with another fantastic year of the Ukraine Plus Football Media Channel. Make sure you're checking out our vlogs on YouTube over the winter. And we'll see you in January. So till then, have a happy new year. Celebrations. Have a great Christmas. And we'll see you not long after that. Till then, take care and goodbye for now. Head, please, please, head, please, please, head.